0: Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by akashicreading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Octana, and today we'll be exploring the passion trend, what it means to have one, and the benefits of doing without. Everything has its trends, and spirituality is no different. The current spiritual trend is to find your passion with a capital P. The message is everyone has one. We each just need to find it. Our passion is meant to be the answer to why we are here, what unique thing we have to contribute to the world, how we can contribute it, and better yet, how we can support ourselves in doing so. It's implied that a passion takes the guesswork out of life focuses our attention on what we're supposed to do, keeps us from making wrong turns, going off our path, or being distracted from our best and highest good. It supposedly provides us a life full of joy, removes the pain of work, fills every aspect of existence with abundance, and makes stress a thing of the past. In fact, it's said to be impossible to fail once you've found your passion. And from there on, you can just follow the path to happily ever after. Of course, as with all trends, what is being sold is a one-size-fits-all message which glosses over the not-so-glorious aspects of things in order to gain as much buy-in and involvement as possible. Hence, the inevitable disillusionment when things don't work as seen on TV. So let's talk passion with a capital P and see what there is to find. First off, passion isn't a new thing. People lived passionate lives long before passion became a buzzword in the spiritual community. There are those who were passionate about religion, such as Joan of Arc, Teresa of Avila, Mother Teresa, and St. Francis. And I'm sure just that sentence has brought to your mind a number of others which have interested you over the years. Then there are the artists like Van Gogh, Klimt, Frida Kahlo, Michelangelo, and so many others just over the past few hundred years that we'd be here for hours just blurting out the most known. And then there are the writers the scientists, the doctors, and all the other professionals who wanted and needed to be the thing which they have become. Having a passion is nothing new, and the effects of having one aren't a mystery either. What is so enticing about a passion or a calling is it takes the guesswork out of the question, what do I want to be when I grow up? Whether we know it as a child or whether we find it early on, A passion takes us by the shoulders and shoves us in the right direction. Therefore, all we have to do is get to work. And the work is what we want to do. It's what we want to be and all we want. So we put 110% or even more into it, which is where we start to see the more difficult aspects and the trade-offs of having a passion. Having a passion with a capital P is just as intimate, time-consuming, and relational as any intimate partnership. Oftentimes, it requires more from and of us than a partner, because a partner is not our primary reason for being, whereas our passion is. It's not uncommon for people who have a passion to call it a lover and joke about it being their first wife or husband and their spouse agreeing. It can be a lifelong struggle, to juggle partnership, and passion, which is why it's sometimes envisioned as a demanding mistress. A passion asks for the same amount of love and interconnection as a spouse, and even more, causing us to make painful choices where no one comes out the winner. This is why some people with a passion prefer to have no partner, such as the monastics, or end up with a string of divorces and broken hearts all chalked up to artistic temperament, and relationship skills being sacrificed for the demands of their craft, such as was seen in the life of H.R. Geiger. Those who have a passion or a calling have a passion for life, but this passion is a two-edged sword. In the right amounts, it can fill the person with a zest for life, with the ability to stay in the now and thoroughly enjoy everything which comes their way. However, it can also cause people to be so very much of themselves in the now that they become overwhelmed to the enormity of what they are endeavoring to do and inundated by the immensity of the world. This can cause the person to need to escape from everything, either by retreating or engaging in self-harm tactics to stop the onslaught, such as Van Gogh. On the other side of things, It can cause a person to become so numb to everything that they seek out various means to feel alive. They can become what to the outside seems like a thrill-seeker or an adrenaline junkie like Hemingway. And with all of this, having a passion doesn't guarantee abundance. There's a reason why we have the term Starving Artist. While it's true the universe won't punish anyone for doing what they're here to do by forcing them into poverty when they act on their passion, this doesn't mean it will shower them in riches and acclaim either. Having a passion isn't a golden ticket, just a kind of job security. You'll never be out of work. You just aren't guaranteed what wages and benefits you'll be getting at any given time. In the 21st century... It's easier than ever to make a career and a living wage off a of passion, but that doesn't mean it's a slam-dung. So bringing this back to the spiritual trend of finding your passion with a capital P, you can see why people are putting a bit of a shiny gloss on it. A true passion or calling, like anything else, has drawbacks as well as positives. And most people recognize whether or not they have them within their first 20 years or so. There being exceptions to every rule, of course, and your mileage may vary. With this being the case, most people do have a passion or two, just not the kind with a capital P. Again, this has always been the case throughout history. Until very recently, these types of passions were considered hobbies or enjoyable pastimes, as they weren't viable careers. Those who tried and failed to make them into such were called loons, and those who tried and succeeded were thought of as lucky and innovative. Happily, we can now specialize to a degree which makes our hobbies and pastimes into viable career choices, with hard work and dedication, if that's what we choose. However, this nudges them into the same arena as a passion, bringing to them all the difficulties of their bigger cousins as well. So, does everyone have a capital P passion? No, and thank goodness. How crazy would the world be if everyone had a passion, a fixation with an activity so all-encompassing they neglected the people around them, had a hard time parenting and often were better alone, tended towards self-destructive behavior while making glorious impacts on the world, and often as not dying early or in misery, the mind boggles. But does everyone have a small p passion? Yes. More than one, usually. Well, the next question is, how do you figure out what they are? Well, I think we need to take a step back before we go there, because the question has an agenda. The passion trend is selling passion as the means by which we find our spiritual purpose and make it into a life which not only fulfills us, but supports us in the lifestyle we'd like to become accustomed to. Remember, happily ever after and no further questions about anything, total fulfillment and so on, right? So if we take the pressure off, if we look at passion as things we are interested in more than casually, and we enjoy interacting with intensely or over a long span of time, then it's easier to identify them. Well, it is for some people, and this is where another unspoken issue arises. Often, passion with a capital P is floated as a means to resolve issues of exhaustion, overwork, dead-end jobs or careers, and a life filled with obligations and priorities which do not include the self. It's implied if you find your passion then work isn't tiring anymore. All we do for others is fulfilling and healing and a joy. And we can work tirelessly because what we do, who we are, and what we need are all wrapped up into one thing. The catch-22 is when we are exhausted by overwork and a soul-crushing job, we have absolutely no time or energy to recognize a passion, even if it were literally standing in front of us with a billboard flashing Do this to save yourself now. So many people who just know in their bones they have no passions at all are actually suffering from exhaustion and depression so deep there seems to be no amount of long weekends or vacations which can heal them. Having a passion won't fix these types of situations. In fact, quite the opposite. What this person needs most is to get healing. This will allow them to discover or remember they have interests in anything, let alone feel an inkling of passion for something beyond escape from how they feel or are unable to feel. So, not being able to find a passion isn't an indication you don't have one. It's often an indication you have more pressing matters at hand, such as adjusting priorities so you're higher on the list, getting a bit more consideration as well as all the self-care suggestions which seem right and best suited to your current circumstances. As I point out to my clients and students living in these circumstances, what is being labeled personal time is actually triage used to heal them from all the effort it takes for them to do and be in the life they've co-created for themselves. Passion is something they shouldn't worry about until they've actually achieved enough healing that they have personal time to discover and nurture themselves. Until then, trying to discover and implement a passion is at best a setup for failure. For others, the question of how to figure out what their passions are becomes overwhelming, because they seem to be passionate about everything. If the point of a passion is to be the one and to point you in the best direction for your life, then they fail repeatedly, because they can't settle on any one thing for any length of time. Oftentimes they're labeled as flighty or unable to focus, interested in everything but only long enough to know it's not what they want to do long-term, and then they're on to the next thing. They are usually bored easily and get frustrated because a spiritual path is described as being a long-term commitment, which they can't seem to make. However, the problem is not with their lack of commitment or passion, but with the way in which passion is defined and conflated with a spiritual path. If having an all-consuming passion for only one thing, only one activity or career in life were the answer to success, happiness, and a meaningful life, then we would not see da Vinci as being successful, nor would we think of the phrase Renaissance Man as being a positive thing and we would probably never hear of Elon Musk or Tesla. Elizabeth Gilbert has spoken eloquently about how people have become passion bullies, forcing everyone to need one, and defining a spiritual, happy, and fulfilling life as one guided by passion. For most people, our spiritual path is not ruled by a passion, but guided by our interests, our choices, our loves and desires, Our circumstances, those who come in and go out of our lives, the opportunities we choose and those we don't, as well as a myriad of other components. This makes things less certain, less clearly defined, less a yellow brick road and more the place where two roads diverge in a wood. However, this also means while we are more responsible for the outcome that we might like, we are also freer to make our life into whatever we would like it to be. In any given life, our path is something we co-create with the universe, and there are not clearly defined right and wrong answers, but a selection of right answers, which will all get us where we want to go sooner or later. The question is not what we should do in order to walk our path, but when will we invest in ourselves enough so we can? And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be talking about the reasons why we manifest relationships into our lives, what they do for us, and what we can do to make them better. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to give it some love on iTunes. Your comments are also appreciated. Thanks. Bye.